0: Welcome to the Live Life Out Loud Conversations. I'm your host, Nicole Long, owner and founder of Coaching for Life LLC and Coaching for Life Books. This is the podcast for all my multi-passionate creators and dreamers who are ready to tell their story and monetize their passions. We'll cover topics from A to Z in this podcast, all to help you, my multi-passionate friend, personify faith in action and really live your biggest dreams out loud. Let's do this. On this week's episode, I am continuing with our author series, and we have author Kayla Breesey with us today. Kayla is a co-author and marketing lead of the book, The Beauty in My Mess*. In this episode, she gives us a little insight and more background to the story that she shares with us. It might even pull at your heartstrings just a little bit. So let's jump right on in, and you'll hear exactly what I mean. So to start it off, who are you?
1: Introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is Kayla Breezy. I am a wife and a mom to a ramunctious little three and a half year old who is my miracle. And uh, while I'm not being a wife and a mom, I'm also a marketing strategist. And I geek out over all things marketing and sales strategy. As you know, <laughs> that is my jam. But yeah, I just, yes. um, that's kind of what I do. That's my, that's my gig.
0: Perfect. So be starters, I guess, let's even kind of let the audience know, how did you even start in marketing? Like what, how did you know that was your jam? how did you know it was something that you could do as an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, it took me a long time
1: to figure it out. But I have been a serial entrepreneur for, oh gosh, over 12 years now in various okay. industries. So I mean, I've been in direct sales MLM. I've been in network marketing. Mm-hmm. I own um, a local, I own two local businesses. I have my online business. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, Yeah. I've dabbled in like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So it's been something that has always been part of what I do. And I've always been really good at sales. That's something that's been natural for me. But when I was in college, I actually really liked marketing and I loved the marketing Mm -hmm. classes. And I thought that's what I wanted to go to school for. And then I let somebody persuade me to not do that because they said mm-hmm. you can't make you can't mm-hmm. make money in marketing and I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, then I guess I'm not doing marketing." So then I right. just kind of kicked it to the wayside and uh, it wasn't until honestly, till probably about a year and a half ago where I finally realized like, "Wow, okay, I really do know this marketing thing. Like I really do get it. Like this is really my zone. Like it just comes natural for me." Strategy is my game like that? Is my God given gift? Is my strategy? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, so it just it's it's very easy and natural for me to do that stuff, and I can quickly come up with things when people ask me questions, and I can give them ten strategies. And I'm like, well, which one sounds good for you? And they're like, <laughs> how did you do that so quick? I'm like, that's just how my right. brain works. Like I'm just hardwired right. that way. So it took a it was a lot of trial and error um, throughout the years for me to really figure out like okay, strategy is really my unique gift and you know, I really do love marketing and sales. And this is something I really am good at. But
0: right. it's
1: hard because when you you're so close to it, you don't always know. And you don't always yeah. realize, like, that's really your unique gift. Like I was doing all kinds of other stuff before. And, right. and like, it's no wonder why it never worked. because It wasn't <laughs> like my passion. And it wasn't like my right. dream zone and genius. So yeah, it's been an evolving process, so to speak. Absolutely. But, but now that I feel like I finally like I'm in my zone, I know what I want to do, what I'm meant to do, like things just feel mm-hmm. more in the flow, like they're just easier, you know, it's, um, you know, you're not as stressed and, and things like that, so, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been kind of my process, so it's <laughs> been a long time coming, but I finally had that clarity, and was just kind of one of those days, it just kind of hit me, and I'm like, you know, I, this is kind of my thing, isn't it, This, this is I, right I am, I am right. really good at this, right. like, right. okay, I, I get it now, like I get it. <laughs> Like, I'm doing this. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'm doing this well. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the first indicator should have been when I was able to ditch my job 90 days from the launch of my business as a breadwinning new mom. And when I started this business, you know, it was brand new. I was a brand new coach, and I wasn't doing really consulting work at the time, but I didn't know what I was doing in the coaching industry. Right. But right. the mark the marketing and sales strategies I used were like advanced sales strategies that most people don't use till like two, three, you know, years into the business. Exactly. And I was using those right. right from the start. So I was like
0: right out of the gate. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I'm like, okay, well apparently I do know a little something about marketing. So exactly. I mean I was I was doing those high level marketing and sales strategies right from the start with that business, but I think a lot of it is because I had so much experience from before that these are things Mm -hmm. that I just carried on and built in. But so that's kind of how I got my start is using those higher level marketing sales strategies. And it's like, Oh gosh, why didn't I see that bit then? I I spent a lot of time trying other things and if I
0: would have just paid attention, but you know, but you know now, yeah, I know now now without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. And so what, what can we find you doing when you're not working and you're not in the wife mode or either mom mode, you're really just about taking care of you and embracing whatever that is. What can we find you doing?
1: Oh gosh. Well, I'll admit I don't take as much uh, time for myself these days, but I really enjoy reading. Like I love, I love to read. I love learning. Um, So it's really difficult for me to like (laughs) separate my business from that because I will read books where I'm learning new stuff. So, um, I have to really be mindful about getting other books like you know Nicholas Sparks books or stuff in there to like filter in so it's not so Absolutely. business business, all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I love to read and learn um, I love going to the day spa or I love shopping at boutiques and I love going kayaking, canoeing although I haven't done that in a long time my husband does not swim and he doesn't go on the water so I don't have a partner in crime to go do these things with anymore unless I gotcha. take my sister so I'm like right. it's kind of a bummer <laughs> but you know i sprinkle it in when i can but for the most part i mean i just i veg out i watch movies movies really inspire me like i will always need to have a notepad um next to me when i'm watching a movie because i'll get like the most amazing ideas and it's just something like completely random but i'm like it just i think it's because it shuts my brain down so i can like just Mm -hmm. stop stressing about everything Mm -hmm. else and then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden like The creativity just flows. Yeah. And I'm like, this is why it works. Like, I need to shut my brain down and just watch like a good old chick flick. I can never pass those up, you know, and then just let it, just let it come. And I may not know what I'm going to do with it, but if I'm like, okay, let me write this idea down and I'll think about it tomorrow or next week and I'll flesh out that idea, but at least I've got, you know, the creative, Adidas, yep. are flowing.
0: The creative yeah. flow is coming. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so then speaking about our creative flows, but then mm-hmm. also kind of tapping into that vulnerability of real life. Yes, I know your story is real personal to you, yes. especially, honestly, it's your story. But can you just mm-hmm. share with us what you wrote about and kind of why you were like, okay, this is the one that I'm writing about?
1: Yeah, so when you approached me, I had a few different stories that I could have done. And I went back and forth, and I'm like, you know, I just kept coming back to the story that I shared. And so to kind of give you guys a little bit of a backstory is I lost my dad a year ago, so it was a year ago on Mother's Day, so it wasn't a a happy Mother's Day for me because we were Mm -hmm. celebrating, you know, me being a mom, but also, you know, him being gone for a year. So it was just a really difficult Mother's Day, but we lost him last year, and I was really close with my dad. So I kept coming back to writing about that time in my life where I'm like okay this was you know a pivotal moment in my life um just a lot of heartache a lot of struggle just you name it I mean death and grief is just difficult as it is but when you lose a parent I mean it it just forever changes you and I've Mm -hmm. lost aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents yes I mourn for them and I you know love them and I'm sad they're gone but it didn't hit me to the core like it did with my dad like it just losing my dad just rock my world like it just shattered me so when I kept coming back to that and I was like okay I have these other stories but they just didn't feel compelling enough they didn't feel maybe raw enough or impactful enough Mm. where I could share that story to really inspire others and really help them have this transformation so I knew that it would be a story that I could share that it was going to be it's going to be really difficult for me I'm like I'm not going to lie guys like I cried typing through all 3,501 words of that story, (laughs) and I cried, and I cried, and I cried. I went through like two boxes of Kleenex, but it was therapeutic for me because I had been on the inside just leaving it all in and just keeping everything to myself because I had to just learn that once my dad passed, I had to take care of all his financial affairs. I had to take care of my mom. Mm. I didn't really have time to grieve. So you had to get the business, yeah, yeah. I had to take care of things. And even with um, you know, so taking care of his business and just taking care of everyone, because that was the role that he he passed on to me when he passed, but I'm also the bread, you know, the provider for our family. So mm-hmm. I couldn't let that derail me because <laughs> If I'm not making money, bills aren't getting <laughs> right. paid, okay? So right. I right. knew that I had to, like, really kind of keep things going. So I was internalizing a lot of that grief and not not really processing it the way that I probably should have. So it was kind of part of the reason why I did it was I, I knew that it was going to help me be more therapeutic. I was going to be able to share that. But just knowing that that story is as real, as raw, as vulnerable as it was, That someone reading that is also going to know and be able to, they're going to be able to read it and like know where I'm coming from. And they're going to be able to see like, wow, she went through hell and back, but she still came out on the other, on the other side and she's still going. And that was kind of the big thing for me. It's like, okay, I had this moment in my life and it was horrible and it sucks, but I'm still here, I'm still trucking along, and right. um it really gave me a renewed like sense of like my purpose and and really just what I want to mm-hmm. do with my life because it it just you know it just goes to show like your life really is that short, and it's like, okay, we all know that the end is eventually coming like <laughs> right. that's that's right. inevitable we're all gonna die someday, Inimitable. but right. you just really don't see how much it impacts you until you're in the moment, and you know for me um for you guys, you know, I was really close with my dad. I mean, for the entire year from the time that he fell at my unit and uh, broke his hip and that's how we found the cancer to mm-hmm. him having hip surgery. And then he had the biopsy and then he had his cancer surgery to remove that. And then chemo and radiation and mm-hmm. you name it. I mean, I was there literally every step of the way. It all. Right, every right. single step of the way. I mean, I was with my dad constantly. All his appointments were in Madison or in Toma because he's a VA. So we traveled mm-hmm. anywhere to an hour to two hours away. Um, so I was in the thick, I mean, literally in the thick of it, of everything that was going on with my dad. And then, you know, and when he decided that it was time to take him home and we put him in hospice, I was right there and I cared for my dad for all that. And, you know, I held onto his hand when he took his last breath and looked into his eyes and that just, oh my gosh, I was not prepared for that. Like at all. (laughs) Not at all. That is probably something I don't ever want to see ever again. I don't know if I'll ever get that image out of my head, but it also really just kind of, you know, it's like, okay, this, you know, death death is real. Like it's, it's something that really kind of hits you to your core and um, you have to learn how to embrace it and just, you know, cope with it, deal with it because it's inevitable.
0: Where did your strength come from to actually write it? Because it was, it's still raw. It's still fresh.
1: Yeah. When I wrote it, we weren't even at a year, um, at the year mark. So we were, you know, at like 10 months in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I waited. You know, I'm not, (laughs) I waited. I waited till the last minute. I know. (laughs) Because I couldn't, I'm like, I don't know what to say. I can't put fingers to keyboard. And it was, for me, I think it was because I was so afraid of to just really let out what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be perfect, but I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I was scared, I think, to be more vulnerable than what it was. And you mm-hmm. read my story. You mm-hmm. know it, mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. it is. It's raw. It's vulnerable. Raw. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's very vulnerable. In fact, I'm a little nervous for my mom to read it because it's going to be. Uh, just,
0: that was actually my mm-hmm. follow-up question was, did you have her read it yet?
1: Nope. None of my sisters have read it, even though I have it. None of them wanted to read it. They said they wanted to wait. I even asked my mom and she's like, nope, I'll wait. But she's really anxious to read it. And I'm like, okay. You know, but I Mm -hmm. told her, I said, it's, it's my, I said, basically it's a journal entry and it's, it's my viewpoint of, you know, me processing everything that I went through with dad and, you know, my thoughts and feelings on everything and my regrets and, um, you know, my grief, just, just processing that grief of learning to live without him because my dad was there. I mean, let's be honest, there's five girls, six with my mom. He took care of, you
0: know, like, yeah, took care of yeah. us.
1: You know, we were all daddy's yeah. girls. You daddy's know? girls. <laughs> yes. There wasn't nothing that he wouldn't do for us. And so even now, like, I, I have something that I need fixing. And I'm like, Oh, let me call dad. And then I remember like, Oh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't call dad. Like, I still mm-hmm. have that where I forget that he's mm-hmm. not that he's not with us. Um, yeah. And that's, that's really difficult. You know, it's just thinking like, absolutely. Gosh, like, you know, like, I still feel like he's here or my youngest niece right. has his cell phone, and I haven't changed the name of the cell phone. So she'll text me, and my heart just sinks when I see Man. that text come through that says it's coming from yeah. dad. I'm like,
0: oh, you know.
1: And then, like, my anxiety kicks in, and I, like, have this, like, panic yeah. attack because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I know he's not here, but you just you forget. Right. Like, you just get so used oh, to him yeah. being here that then they're not. And yeah. it's like it takes a long time. But a lot of that inner strength, honestly, I think um, – you know, I don't want to say that it was my faith, because it is, but it isn't. Um, right. I've had a really difficult time with my faith, well, really since my dad passed. I've had a really difficult time going into church. And That's I think really... because, yeah, now I'm going to start crying.
0: <laughs> no, and then, no, because you're. I know you're sharing a part of your heart right now that you haven't articulated. So, take your time.
1: <sighs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> But um, your time. me going into church reminds me of my
0: dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. I can understand that completely. I get it. I get it. And then the last time, well, before the funeral,
1: the last time that he was at church was when we renewed our vows
0: and had my son mm-hmm. baptized. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Those memories are strong. Very strong. Yeah.
1: So when I go in there and they sing certain songs and I go into church, right. that's just like all it's just all memories come back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely get that. Uh so I pray, I do journal yeah. entries, you know. I'm like, right. I have my own connection. So you still connected, be, absolutely. I'm like, I don't
1: have to be in church.
0: You know, that's laws. just absolutely. Yep, I'm like I just, I'm like I just can't do it. I just can't do that yet. No. So, and he understands that God completely gets it. He completely gets it. It was my son. Um, yeah. Hmm. was really close with my dad. Very, mm-hmm. very close. So,
1: mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, even though he doesn't like now, he doesn't really remember. Right. Like, the first month that my dad passed, like, he would ask all the time, like,
0: where's Gramps? Kept cramps? asking for him. Where's yeah. Cramps?
1: And I was like, oh, gosh, like, kids are killing me. <laughs> right. You know? I'm like, oh, you know, yep. silly. So, it was so hard I kept telling him, you know, like, Dad, you know, Gramps is in heaven, and um, right. he's with Jesus, you know, because he knows it's Jesus. Right. So, I'm like, he's with Jesus. and yeah. You know, and I just kind of, like, kept telling him that and, you know, things like that. And he was by my dad when my dad was passing, so he saw stuff that he probably shouldn't have. And then I felt back so I was like oh god you know I I'm totally
0: damaging my kid. Trauma trauma <laughs> you
1: know, <all> <laughs> but you know like I had, no. I had to be there and well he's yeah, always absolutely. in trouble. so
0: he's with me. right.
1: You know I did what I had yeah. to do but um but it was just really just thinking about him, like you know he's he's going to learn from me how to process this grief and he's going to learn how to move forward in life and how to deal with circumstances like this in such tragedy That if I break down and I don't pull myself together and keep going, he's not going to be able to learn from me and be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that as much as I wanted to just lay in bed and cry and let my depression and anxiety take over, I knew that I couldn't let that happen. I had to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so part of that was I threw myself into my business. Business has been like my saving grace because it's help keep my sanity and help keep my focus not on my dad's not here or on how much I miss him or um, you know even just you know flashbacks of things that have, that we did or things that he said you know when he was passing. I mean, oh my gosh, like I think about that stuff all the time. If if I don't stay busy, like I constantly think about that stuff, and so I've learned that I have to. Just keep going. Um and you know, I find that strength and I'm like, Manny needs to see me as this strong, confident woman and that he is gonna learn from me and this is this is how he needs to see it. Like he can't see me being a, a mess every single day <laughs> and crying and crying and crying, like that's just not healthy. So that was kind of my big thing. I had to just I had to pull myself together. Think- I had to
0: keep it together. Was writing this was writing this story part of your healing? Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, because even after I wrote that story and just just got everything out, I mean, oh gosh, I went back through and I read it and I cried again when I read it. So I'm like, oh great. <laughs> so it's still very <laughs> uh, still very, you know raw for me, but um, it, it, I felt a lot better. It was kind of like, okay, I, I said my piece. I have it out there. It's going out to the world and as scary as all get out that it is, that people are going to see how vulnerable I am or, uh, you know, it's just my real honest truth. I mean, it's, real. uh, you know, it's real, real. you know, and I've got people that Mm -hmm. I know that want to read it and I'm like, oh gosh, like that Mm -hmm. really makes me nervous. But at the same time, I'm like, (laughs)
0: I'm
1: like, you know what? It's, it's, it's something bigger. Okay. People need to hear this and how I feel in this moment. It's okay, because the yeah. the power behind that story and the transformation I'm going to be able to help others go through, it's bigger than me, and that's what I kind of keep focusing on. Is, it's just so much bigger,
0: but it was yes. definitely
1: therapeutic for me. I mean, I felt a lot better um, after I did it, and I was like, oh. yeah, I'm like, okay. In fact, I'm pretty sure I actually went and saw my dad, I think the next day or the day after at the cemetery, uh-huh. and, um, uh-huh. you know... And I just talked to him about the cemetery, and I said, "Well, Dad, I I, I bared my soul. I told all." Yes, <laughs> and, you know, and that's not something like I'm not a super overly emotional person. I don't generally cry a whole lot. I'm I'm just, you know, I I do, you know, I cry when I need to, but. Right. Crying all the time really? or showing my like yes. vulnerability is not um, not my normal.
0: <laughs> so it's something <laughs> I've it's had okay to learn okay to embrace. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. It's okay. I've had to embrace if it. One...
1: If I, you know, if I have to cry it... when I'm sitting in the Walmart, you know, line checking out <laughs> and something hits me and I start crying, I'm like, whatever, yeah. it is what it is. People Good. can think I'm crazy. Good.
0: But you it's know, before
1: process. I would be so embarrassed and now I'm like, well. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: You know, I
1: it yeah, here I am. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> so there's I'll One Takeaway
0: <laughs> out of mm-hmm. all your story, out of the whole entire story, out of even just sharing even a little bit more here in the yeah. interview, one takeaway that you want for your ideal audience of this particular story, what would that be?
1: Well, I've had here, here's a, here's a statistic for you guys. I've had seven clients that have lost parents since my dad passed. Um mm. so not only have I been going through my own grief and processing it, I've been helping my clients process a mm. loss of a parent and their grief. So the biggest thing and the biggest message that I want to share with it, not even so much with anyone that's an entrepreneur, but anyone listening to this is Yeah, absolutely. Life is gonna throw you curveballs, right? It, it, you're gonna get thrown lots of curveballs. Don't let it derail you and stop you from moving forward and stop you from living all your dreams and just moving on um i see so many people that get so caught up in the moment and so caught up in what life is throwing at them that they let things go to the wayside whether that be their business or their own health or their marriages or their relationships with their kids it doesn't matter you know don't let anything derail you like keep your eyes on the prize so to speak focus on what you can control Mm -hmm. um and just do better than yesterday i mean that's the big thing you just got to do better than yesterday
0: that's awesome thank you so much I <laughs> appreciate welcome. you sharing I know sure. you did not come on here thinking that this is going
1: to <laughs> oh, I know I knew I was probably going to cry
0: right but I, I knew you weren't going to share an extra piece of us and we got an extra piece of you today so I definitely <laughs> yes. appreciate that and honor that and go do some self care oh I will I will do that today <laughs> yes uh, you, you. it's well deserved <laughs> alright guys well I all appreciate right, guys. you guys all chiming in listening in Hey, feel free to comment and send your love mm-hmm. to Miss Kayla we really appreciate you and somebody's next this concludes the episode of Live Life Out Loud Conversations don't forget to join us next week for another episode thank you for listening and for those of you who have not gotten your copy of the beauty in my mess please do so you will not regret it it's bitch Lee. So B I T backslash the beauty in my mess. And you can find it on Amazon. It's that simple folks, but get your hands on it. It's on the Kindle version and a paperback copy on amazon.com. You are going to love it. We'll see you again next week. Take care.